This is Against All Enemies, a show about threats to American democracy. Political violence is on the rise. An alarming percentage of Americans believe they may have to take up arms against their neighbors. Some are already doing so. Every weekday, Against All Enemies highlights the activities of extremist organizations and their enablers. Our goal is to educate, not to alarm. The threats are real. But if we know what we're up against, together we can beat them. Hey everyone, it's Ken Harbaugh with Against All Enemies and the Midas Touch Network. Amanda Weinstein is back today as my guest. She's an Air Force Academy grad with a PhD in economics. She hosts the Suburban Women Problem podcast, and she is one of the smartest people I know when it comes to understanding the most important cultural issues of our day. I wanted her take on a video just released by the Trump campaign that I believe is the most ominous sign so far about where our politics are headed. Stay tuned. This is a good one. Amanda, welcome back to Against All Enemies. I'm going to switch things up on you. We were going to talk about the DeSantis campaign bullying this kid. We'll save that oh. for another time. But the, <laughs> He'll bully other Trump... kids another day. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it'll happen again. I don't think we'll have any shortage of opportunities to, to expose what a creepy is. But the Trump campaign just dropped this ad. I find it to be one of the most ominous in, frankly, in America's political history. I'm going to roll it. It's short. And we'll talk about it after. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will expel the warmongers from our government. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, and fascists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media, and we will liberate America from these villains once and for all. Now, of course, for those just listening, not watching, it is simply a uh, panned out shot of Trump marching down the hallway with that same mud mugshot look on his face. And the audio, I, I believe, is from his final battle speech, which was alarming enough at the time. But this is produced. This has a team behind it. This is the official message of the Trump campaign. What's your gut reaction listening to that, watching that that image of him marching towards the camera? I mean, first of all, it is a word salad of words. I don't think he actually knows the meaning of any of those words he's saying. Just throwing words out there that like invoke emotion because we have emotion. We have negative connotations with these words. So let's just use words we have a negative connotation with as a little word salad out there just to try and get you like, oh, yes, there is a battle to be had of all these words that we don't know what they mean, but they're bad. Yeah, the <laughs> the illusions to, oh, he's back. Awesome. Yeah. That's Xander. <laughs> we're we're, we're going we're gonna to go adopt uh, this weekend or next. So that's uh, exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place. It is. Oh. Um, that's that's totally an inappropriate non sequitur. Uh, we're talking about the end of democracy here. Um, and it's his, you're right, his invocation of, of terms and words that he has no understanding of, but they they work when he accuses people like you and me of being communists. I mean, 
the last time I checked my notes, I've never advocated for the government takeover of the means of production. No. But somehow he's able to make these attacks stick, at least with the voters he needs in in the primary. And I don't know if there's a question here, but I just get so frustrated in trying to push back with a rational argument because there's there's really no rational counter argument to a video like this. No, I mean, it's just these words sound bad and I don't like bad things. That's really, we could just sum it up what that video is. But there's also a lot of coded language in there. If you look at his term of globalist, right there, that is an absolute dog whistle for anti-Semitism. It is, hey, proud boys. Hey, everyone that's out there that's anti-Semitic. I'm your guy. And for people who aren't members of the Proud Boys and anti-Semitic, they might not recognize globalists, right? Globalists, like, I don't even really know what that is, but sure, globalists, sure, you make it sound like really bad. But for the members of the Proud Boys, they absolutely know what he means by globalists. And what he means by globalists is Jewish people. Yep, yep. And it is, I mean, you attach Soros to that. And for for those mm -hmm. taking notes, look for these catchwords. Listen for them in in Trump's speeches, uh, in in his interviews, and you'll hear them everywhere going forward. You're you're absolutely right. He is in a way masterful, although I think it's instinctive, not thought out, at populating his speeches and his interviews with these triggers that get his base riled up. To be a con man, you don't have to con everyone. You just need to con a certain percentage, right? Hitler didn't have everyone's vote. He still got in power with, what, 30% of the vote? You just need 30%. Yeah. And if you need 30% and you can get them on the emotion and this thing is bad and there's a certain percent who are virulently, virulently anti-Semitic, like he's got their votes. And it's not just the term globalist. It's even the imagery, right? There's been a lot with his mugshot coming out of like, see, look, he's going to have street cred out there. Another dog whistle. And it is painting this picture of African-Americans in this country of see he's one of you because you're all criminals right it is coded in the imagery as well as the language it is well thought out by someone or just comes naturally i you know could be that too that it is just dripping with coded language to pit people in this country apart rather than bring people together let's talk about that mugshot because that is the new aesthetic for the Trump campaign, that that glare, that supposedly hard look. And I, I couldn't get over these commentators on Fox News talking about the mugshot and how their their wives, when they showed it to them, swooned over it. Um, <laughs> my wife didn't, but you spend a lot more not. time thinking about <laughs> thinking about the appeals to suburban women. You host the Suburban Woman Problem podcast. Is there, well, I'll just let you run with it. I don't think there's anything there. I cannot imagine that these Fox News hosts are are telling the truth. It's just a little weird. No, your wife did not swoon. I did not swoon. I don't know any women who did swoon over the mugshot, right? This is just not a thing, not to mention, it's just not the age demo that a lot of women go for at this point. There are many reasons why, like this, it's also such a facade that it's so easy to see through. And it, it actually reminds me of the video too, because you have this, 
there's no meaning in that video. There really isn't in terms of like, you cannot string those words together to actually have a meaning of what is he going to do for Americans? What policies will he push for? How will he make our lives better? How will he improve our democracy, our country? There is none of that in that video, no clear meaning, right? And that is really his platform, right? He doesn't have a platform. Last time he was very clear, I have no platform, as opposed to having real discussions about real issues that Americans are facing right now. When we talk about our budgets, when we talk about access to housing, when we talk about our kids' education, right? All the things that really matter to real places, there is none of that. And there never has been. It's all a facade. It's all this look of, I'm tough. I'm a fighter. And a lot of stuff he talks about fighting, like my grandfather fought fascism. His grandfather, he did not, right? We know that he was, you know, the draft dodger, right? All of this is just smoke and mirrors. Thanks for listening, everyone. I've got a quick break here, but I need a favor first. Shows like this depend on your support. Please, if you can spare five seconds, click the link to the podcast version of the show below and leave us a five-star review. It really does help. Thanks. And if he does have a platform, if he does have an agenda, it's vengeance, pure and simple. And I'm not projecting that. He has said it. He has said, I will be your vengeance. This entire video is about the final battle. And it's that framing, Mm. which, which scares me a lot too, because it's unlike anything else in our politics, except maybe like the civil war, when you literally draw the line in such a way that there cannot be any compromise. And I don't know where that ends, but but in violence. Mm, I think that's such a good point. When you think about all of his word salads and rhetorics and the mugshot is about a feeling. And I think you're right. It's the feeling of vengeance. And people want to know that someone feels like them. It can reflect back those feelings, right? And there are people out there that really do feel like there's something you know, to avenge out there. Right. We have seen, I don't know, the Avengers movie or something. We just really want something to avenge or right. There are places that really have been left behind by a lot of different things, whether it's automation, trade, their town is not doing well. And they do feel like they are being left out of where our country and our economy is going. And that's a real conversation that we should and can have. But just the feelings is not how we're going to get over that conversation. We're going to need to talk about how we get over this. Well, you shared with me before the camera started rolling this interesting observation about areas, especially rural areas, that voted for Trump. And they were the ones that suffered the most economically. A corollary to that are those counties that voted for Trump that experienced the biggest demographic shift in the um, in the decline of the white population. So you have that threat of racism carried through that statistic as well. Talk to me about your new gig, if you're able to, and the research you're doing into issues like this. Yeah. So I am really focusing on rural communities and seeing what we can do in terms of advancing economic development in rural areas. And if we look at why, why do we want to do this? It is very clear in the data that a lot of rural areas have been left behind by a lot of big economic trends like automation, like trade. They haven't been given the investment that other areas have been given. Even if you look at our federal highway system, a lot of those federal highway systems help people get from one place to another. But a lot of what it did is bypass middle America, a lot of rural communities. 
And when we see significant areas where there's no investment or disinvestment, right? Those areas get left behind and you do see people feel like, why am I getting left behind? And honestly, it's not a good strategy for this country to not invest in any area or any people, right? It leaves resources unused and it's just not a good strategy. And what you see is like people get frustrated when they feel like they're being left behind and they love these communities. And so what we really need to do is be thinking about how can we really have a real conversation of how do we talk about the areas that have been left behind and really investing in places that we have failed to invest in? And at the top of that list for investment, I I would hope is education, both uh, trades and K through 12. I mean, that to me seems to be the, the biggest area oh. for uh, return on investment. I mean, I would say almost like cradle to grave education, right? Starting with early childhood education, we know that things like access to universal pre-K, it benefits all areas, but it has the biggest benefit on rural areas, right? So we see if we're looking at, you know, government dollars, where should we put them? When we see research like that, that tells us you get the biggest return on investment for investing in places that haven't been invested in. And so there's a lot we can do, I think, in education from birth, to you know, job training. And we've had government programs that have done a little bit here and there, if you look at like trade adjustment assistance, but they haven't been affected and they haven't been targeted. We can do better. Yeah, well, tying this back to politics, since this is a political show, I think if there's anything that's gonna break us out of this propensity to believe disinformation and the vulnerability to ads like the one you just saw, it's education. Anybody with, you know, a, a reasonable high school education can look at him and know he's not, what was it, six foot three, 215 pounds. I mean, so much of what ails us is just a lack of critical thinking ability, um, mostly coming from one side. I would argue education and empathy, just understanding where people are coming from there and just meeting new people and getting out there. Like when we meet new people, we see we have as Americans, we have a lot, I firmly believe we have a lot more in common. We're a lot more similar than we are dissimilar. And we can get a whole lot more done if we start to focus on where are we similar. We all want our kids to do great. We want our kids to have the opportunities to have a happy, successful life, right? Let's start there. How can we do that for every community? But we don't hear that from Trump. <laughs> that's, that's, it's he benefits from when we focus on dissimilarities and right. tearing us apart. He, he benefits from division. On the other hand, mm -hmm. the, more, the more diverse an area is, the more educated it is, the less likely it is to fall for the vision for America that the right is, is offering. That's right. I think there's just a better vision. We can do better for all communities out there from rural, suburban, urban, we can do better. And we have a lot of policies on our plate and we have stuff we need to get done, right? I think at some point, like we have to get over the word salad and the mug shots and talk about real people and what we're really going through. But it avoids that conversation when we have this. Yeah. For sure. Uh, great talking to you as always. I'll see you again next week and good luck in the new job. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it.